1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Straight up with no chaser, you're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester.
1: He's our ears and eyes at the NFL Scouting Combine, at least for today. Mike Catalana, 13 WM Sports, buffaloplus.com. Exciting time of year. It's going to feel like football season with all of the prospects and, and potential draft draftees joining uh, you and, and all the executives there in, in Indianapolis. Mike, what are you most looking forward to learning this week?
2: Well, look, we start with talking to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. So you guys mentioned it's Sean in a little bit. And then Brandon Bean, and look, let's start with, I mean, what do we want to hear from Sean? I want to know if he's calling the plays on defense, and I don't know what he's going to say. He may say it's still to be determined. You don't know the way they're thinking, but we're going to ask him, and then how are you going to deal with the veterans on this team, right? Micah Hyde's contract's up, Jordan Poyer's in the final year. We don't know about Trey White's health. All those things, at least where they are, because while this event is centered around the draft and all the prospects, The reality is free agency comes first, and everybody in this league knows it. And I think the misconception of this place is that there aren't deals going on now, or at least the talk about deals, or teams trying to find out who's available and what the cost will be. So all that goes on here at the NFL Combine, and uh, we'll hear from McDermott and Beam before we talk to the college player.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mike, and I feel like we ask this question every year, but like the Combine... Other than the medicals, I mean, what else? Like, if you're actually just scouting, I mean, nobody's going to, hey, make some, like, grand discovery about any one of these players, right? You're looking at the tape first and foremost. So, like, the combine from where it was to where it is today, how much has it evolved?
2: Yeah, I don't think anything has really changed. I think the whole workout thing was always overblown with most teams. I think when they get them in a room and get a chance to talk to the players for the first time, that makes a big difference in the coaches' minds, certainly the position coaches. A lot of times the general manager, depending on how high up you're picking, you know, who they're, who they're talking to. So I think the teams look at it as the first of a series of connections with a player. Uh, they want to know who these guys are. Again, 40-yard dash time, all that, how many times you lift 700 pounds, you know, all those things come into play in some point. And there are specific drills that teams want to see. Uh, we, you know, the focus is on the 40 yard dash, but there are things they like to see to get to know a player physically a little bit differently. But you're right, the medicals and then the interviews with the players, I think, are the biggest things. So, what
1: justification would you give if you're an NFL head coach? And there are several who would say, you know what, scouting combine, not for me. I'm not attending.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's as much for the coach as it is for the general manager. And, and look. I, I said that, it's like, I, I think you'll even hear this from Sean McDermott. He is involved in this. He looks at players. I think when it gets to a certain point, I don't believe Sean McDermott is breaking down uh, every corner in the draft or every defensive tackle. I think they get it to a point, maybe say, hey, take a look at some of this guy. But Sean McDermott's role is different than Brandon Bean's role. I'm not saying he's out of it. I'm saying it is different. And this is not the only time. Like, look, for example, when the Bills drafted Josh Allen. My God, they, the whole team flew out to the whole team of management flew out to Wyoming to talk to him. Like, they will get their opportunities. Players come in for visits. They go to pro days, all those things. Uh, I think it's a little odd when a coach isn't there. I saw, like, I think it was Mike McCarthy and some other coaches who decide to not go. And, and it's funny. I don't even know how long Sean stays at the Combine. Uh, I think it's, I think this is the time, for the general managers, the scouts, and even the position coaches, maybe to dig into a little deeper on some of these players.
0: So, Mike, uh, tomorrow, Brandon Bean, and um, I, I don't know if you are like Fates where the cap isn't real or how real it is, but uh, the Bills have some decisions to make here. Um, do you think these are going to be painful decisions or are we going to go down the road of, okay, let's just kind of renegotiate Allen and, and here's our left tackle Dawkins. Let's redo that. Let's redo somebody else and voila, the problem is fixed. How much pain do you think is going to be involved in that?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's a lot of pain. I never do. I don't think teams ever cut players because of the cap. If they want to keep a player, they keep a player. By the time you redo Allen's contract plus the gift the NFL just gave every team with $30 million more on the cap to spend, Gets them down close to even. <laughs> this is the way it works in this league. And everybody makes an example of the Saints. You know why the Saints are bad? Because they have bad players. They're redoing the contract of a quarterback who's just not good enough. I mean, bad teams do dumb things. Now, they had their opportunity for a while when they had Drew Brees and Sean Payton. It's just, they're just kicking it down the road, but not for good players. It's a, if the Bills are redoing the deal of Josh Allen and Deion Dawkins, say, and uh, Matt Milano, okay, <laughs> those are high-quality, all-pro-level players. And I just think, when, I, when we say it's not real, what you talk about is when you sign a deal and you make a commitment to a player, that's where you can get into trouble with the cap when you think you need to get out of it. And, and Diggs is always that example, right? And to me, it's, I don't believe it's even a consideration to do anything with him. And could they? Sure, you could do almost anything. But I think when you look at a contract that they signed with him and put out there, it does tie you up under that contract. When you get into trouble is when you commit to a player and that player, for whatever reason, doesn't hold up his end of the bargain or is not playing at the level you need. Von Miller, maybe, however you think about Diggs. And those are the two hardest ones, I would say, for them to move off of if they had any idea to move.
1: You mentioned bad teams, bad players, make dumb decisions. The, yeah. the big news today, at least, to, to kind of get the, the offseason started, the Bengals are going to franchise tag T. Higgins. doesn't mean that he's going to play next year on the franchise tag for Cincinnati. They could still work out a long-term deal. But we always right. look at teams that apply the franchise tag as – somewhat hostile towards the players and that might hurt the Cincinnati. We forget like the Bengals, although they're more relevant in, in recent years have always been a little bit dysfunctional. There's no chance that the bills want to go explore that franchise, take route out with, with any of the, the pending free agents. Do they?
2: No, nah, I, you know, you don't really see that where anybody goes after one of the players on the tag. I mean, I guess it could happen. Uh, I think that's a rarity. I think these things tend to take care of themselves. And maybe if you're the Bengals, you're going to franchise him. Look, to me, when the NFL players gave in on that franchise tag, I think they thought at the time, oh, this is just for the top few players in the league. It's not the way it works. That tag impacts free agency for top players, and that trickles down to lower-level players. It just does. And basically, you think about what, what that tag can do for a team and how they can use it. And other in other sports, T. Higgins be a free agent. Go ahead. Go see what's out there. He can't do that. I don't think that's where the bills are gonna go. Um and you never know how this plays out. It's it's quite a dynamic when you've got two receivers like they have with Chase and Higgins and how you pay them and what you decide to do. But um yeah, I think it's I think there's a few teams that are gonna have interesting decisions on what they do with the tax. But I think you're right. When they use it, it just feels like it's inevitable that something negative is going to happen because it seems to be that way. On occasion, it works out. player gets a longer-term deal, so be it. But uh, I don't see the Bills, I really don't see any team doing that to give up the picks to go get a player who's under the franchise tag.
0: Buffalo Plus 13 Wham! sports director Mike Catalana joining us from Indianapolis where, yeah, we're going to learn about uh, these prospects to a little bit more, Mike, and I'm sure you'll be there, uh, you know, quizzing these wide receivers and let's focus on yeah. the wide receivers. Pick twenty-eight. Is that? Can you let the draft fall to you? Do you think? What are the odds that the Bills can get that future number one, say, replacement for Stephon Diggs at twenty-eight? Or do you think that it's kind of a necessity that, and we've seen Brandon Bean do this all every year but one, actually move up to get the guy he wants?
2: Yeah. Look, I, I think he's talked about this a lot, where you don't have 28 first-round grades on guys. That's when he would decide to make a move up. Um, I also think, and I know fans don't want to hear this, but they could zag when people think they're going to zig, right? They could go defensive tackle, and I know people probably wouldn't be happy, but there is a glaring need for that, and then go wide receiver in the second round. But I think, if they, again, there's like and love, right? If there's a player they love, and there's a player they're seeing there, And to me, when I saw guys like Addison last year, I I saw players that if they had an opportunity to jump ahead, maybe they could have done it. Now, look, they ended up getting Kincaid, who's going to be a really good player for them, but they're still looking for that dynamic wide receiver. I I would say very real possibility if there's a player there and within a reasonable amount to move up. I mean, look, they're not moving up to get Marvin Harrison, okay? Yeah. Bill's history in uh, trading up to get top 10 wide receivers, a.k.a. Sim- Sammy Watkins, is not good. I know that has nothing to do with this year. By the way, one other quick thing. You look at the history of top 10 drafted wide receivers, it's not great. It's really not great. Look at the guys around the league. Very rarely are they top 10 drafted. So um, there's going to be players there. It's a matter of like or love. I will say this. I think there's going to be a quality player available at wide receiver for them at 28. The question is, do they have him at a high enough grade to make that move or to get a similar player in their, on their board in the second round?
1: And it's more than just the prospects, right? I mean, like if you're Brandon Bean, you could be there in Indianapolis talking with representation of some of your outgoing free agents. And with yep. that in mind, Mike, who do you think, if any of these outgoing guys, could the Bills bring back on some sort of a sweetheart deal because there are still holes to fill? There are like I look at a guy like David Edwards and I'm like that guy's a quiet assassin for this team and they probably want to keep him if they can or uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of I don't think that AJ Epinez is going to fit that bill, but maybe he does. Are there guys like that? that are on the way out as free agents that the Bills could kind of work to, to secure as they build this roster for 2024?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think the way you phrased it is good because with some players, like Efiness is an interesting one because you don't know what they're saying to him. Like I believe, I, I believe they've told Gabe Davis that, to, get, to go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't see Gabe coming back. I think he'll get offered when he gets offered. I think they know they need to change there. It's not that he's not a good player. It's not that it couldn't work out for him somewhere else. He's not a
1: $14 million point, dollar a year wide receiver in the eyes of the Buffalo certainly,
2: Bills. Certainly not. In, right. I mean, with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on the other side, that's a pretty good place to make it work. And it hasn't happened. So maybe somewhere else it does. But with other players, and AJ is an interesting one, because you guys know he really did show some flashes. And when you're talking about bringing a player back on a maybe team friendly deal or, at least something you can make work. Maybe they let him go out there and look. Maybe they say, go ahead, let's see what's out there. And then he still has one ear back with the Bills and they come up with some kind of deal. But it's not just the free agents. Like they have those decisions to make with agents. Look at Jordan Poyer. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Maybe, again, we need to know what they really believe about Poyer at safety for another year, especially if Micah Hyde is not going to come back. Do they then say we want him around for a few? Do they extend the deal? Do they add some dummy years to a contract and spread it out? I mean, there was a lot of those decisions. And, of course, Trey White, too. So all that plays into it. And listen, when you look down that list of free agents, current free agents on the team, yeah, there are guys you would want back. But honestly, there's also players under contract that they're going to make. Deontay Hardy is a good example. Like, seriously, I mean, I saw people saying, well, they only have so many wide receivers on the roster. Okay, what did Hardy get you in the wide receiver room last year? He did make one of the biggest plays of the season, but you're talking about with a whole offseason to try to find players that contribute more. So I know we talk about the guys who are actually free, but some of those other guys might be free, too.
4: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Yeah, and Mike, it's a third of the game. They say special teams. Um, Look, it wasn't a great year for special teams, and I look at some of that core. Can we expect maybe? Certainly not at the top of the draft, but your six-year, seventh-rounders, linebackers, some guys that can play gunner. Like, can we expect a special teams makeover in Buffalo this year?
2: Okay, so you know, I, we say that uh, salary cap's not real, <laughs> which is true. Uh, it's you know, it's sort of real. Uh, special teams are not one third of the game. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. I think it was. I don't believe it is anymore, and I'm tired of this roster being filled with guys who can only play special teams. Saran Neal, Tyler Matikevich. I want linebackers on this team that can play if they need to play. I want safeties who can, or corners, however you want to determine them, a guy who can play that big nickel. I don't want a guy that you try and try and he can't go on the field. I, 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 I think the days of having five guys on your roster that basically are six, if you count the kickers, six, seven, that are special teams guys, should be done. I I just don't see it anymore. And to your point, with those guys on the roster, they were not very good this year on special teams. So, like I said, I want to see, like a Dorian Williams to me, is the kind of guy you want. I think that guy is going to evolve into a linebacker for this team. But right now, with his speed and athletic ability, he should be pretty damn good on special teams for you. eventually he can play defense so those are the kind of guys even cam lewis guys like cam lewis who can play teams but you know you can put him on the field um i don't i'm tired of the special teams only guys i i don't know we'll hear what brandon says they always say this but honestly i don't think it plays out that well Mike, uh,
1: we talked about outgoing free agents. There's certainly prospects yeah. there in Indianapolis. I'm curious about free agent wide receivers because, uh, you know, we know Brandon Bean has said that they don't have the kind of money to, to be, uh, going out and, and, big game hunting. But, you know, there are some intriguing names when you look around the league and see some of the, the free agents that are out there. What kind of a scale do you put that at? Where do you think, like, what receiver type do you think the Bills could bring in? Through free agency, are we talking like a, a DJ shark or is that is that even too rich for Brandon Bean's blood?
2: I, look, I think if it's the right guy, they're not going to be afraid to make that move. Because let's also be honest: if you are signing a player, I I, I think you know, like ideally, when you want Mike Evans as a player, forget the contract, forget the age. The guy has you know thousand yards every year, no matter who's his quarterback, right? But they're not going to do that. He's going to make still going to make too much money. Uh, A lot of times teams will look for a player on that second deal that just hasn't gotten the opportunity, but let's also look at it this way. I said that about Diggs. Well, I don't know what that means for next year with Diggs. So if you have a young wide receiver, an evolving player, a guy who has gotten less snaps maybe, or for some reason has not gotten the opportunity, you know, Calvin Ridley is a talented guy, but the second half of last year, I don't know what was going on with him. Plus, he's had the issue off the field with the gambling. Uh, you, so you don't know what they want to do. But honestly, you can't guarantee you're going to get a wide receiver, even as deep as this draft is, that is going to step right in and do it for you. Last year, they went for a Trent Sherfield. If we use Trent as an example, I would say you better get a guy at a higher quality wide receiver than Trent Sherfield to help fill out this roster. Because you may need that player starting certainly early in the year or at least playing a lot of snaps before whatever rookie or two you bring in starts to get their opportunity on the field.
1: For one reason or another, Mike, the name that jumps out when I look at this list, because I think he checks a lot of what we're talking about here in terms of his he's a young guy, he hasn't gotten on yep. the field a lot because the guy's in front of him, and he's a guy that you might be familiar with. What about Quez Watkins?
2: Oh, no. No, 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 Stay no, 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 no. Tell, Tell me that. why. Can't catch the ball. Okay, that? good. He had, if you look at the Super Bowl, he makes that play. They might win that game. And Quez Watkins has had plenty of opportunities. Uh, I mean, a perfect Quez Watkins play was one, I believe it was against Washington a year ago. He somehow gets open. He somehow holds onto the ball, flips and falls, gets up and fumbles. it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that guy's speed is like you'd see him run and you go, this guy. And look at it. He had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith around him, and and Dallas Goddard, and he still couldn't make plays. Uh, yeah, you bring him in, uh, okay, but honestly, he is a, I think he's been an absolute failure in that third receiver for the Eagles, so he's got speed. I will say that. He's fast, uh, and then... <laughs> that whole catching the ball thing has uh, has been the issue. Well, that's
1: important, I suppose. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that for for us. Man.
2: No, but I but but it's funny you say that. I think Gabe Davis would fit great with the Eagles mm. as a third wide receiver.
1: I think he's going with to New those England. Two
2: guys on the outside, Ooh, yeah. New England, huh?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like we should just brace for that.
2: Jets, New England, Kansas City.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> since you brought up Kansas City, what are your thoughts on the punt yeah. God?
2: Yeah, you know, for the guy himself, we only got to talk to him a few times. I'm happy that he's gotten his opportunity. He's totally in the clear. There's no charges. The lawsuit was dropped, all those things. I would say to Bills fans, I understand the frustration. But in that moment, it was very different than the way it played out. And I think they were in a difficult spot at the time. Can he be a very good punter in the NFL? He certainly has the leg. And the question was, could he do, could he, could he be impactful in other ways for a punter? You know, to be able to drop the ball in tight, to be able to, to not allow for returns, all those things to be consistent. He certainly has the ability. He's got the leg. So I'm, I'm happy for the guy that after all that has happened with him, he's gotten his chance, but I don't think there was. Ever a chance he was going to come back with the Bills? Nor do I think he wanted that.
0: Yeah, and and I would say this too, Mike, that Kansas City visiting Buffalo. What's the resco- response going to be? You know what? If you see Matteriza on the field for the Chiefs, that means the Bills got to stop against Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah. It does happen every once in a while, right? Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I I don't see any reason for anybody that Ariza. I'm sure there'd be people cheering for him because they wish he would have been still with the Bills two years ago, but. Yeah, I would say when they play the Bill, when they play the Chiefs, on my list of players, Bills fans need to worry about. You're right. You want to see the punter out there only, except when he's holding for extra points and field goals.
1: Uh, Mike, before we let you go, and uh, I know you're getting ready to, to hear Sean McDermott here in in a couple yeah. of few. Uh, I just wanted to update you. Gene has vowed this year to be uh, a, a more um, Balanced, no, the, no the, more, more balanced mets fans. So, I'm nervous that we are not getting enough Mets coverage out to our Mets fans listeners and that Gene, you know, being more balanced and measured with his Mets uh news and updates. Is, are you hearing anything out of out of spring training no, for the New York no, Mets? No, no, no. You're
0: trying to bait me, danger. I'm not. I'm yes, asking my question. You're baiting danger. I'm not I'm talking to our guest. I'm talking to our guest.
2: Okay. What look. I've heard uh, what I've heard about the Mets is they are the under the radar team this year, and I think they are a lock for the NL East, and they should be planning the parade right now in the city because they are going to stun the baseball world this year. That's what I've heard. You hear that? You know, I mean, I mean, what's the what's the chances that they let their fans down? Never I mean, happens, right? And Gene, don't take this away from us, Gene. He's a delusional crazy Mets fan that just serves up a big heaping platter of disappointment for yourself and excitement and enjoyment for fans of the Phillies, the Braves, anybody, Yankees, whoever, just name them all. We love it. Don't take that away from us.
0: No, and the Marlins are going to be better. They've got uh, Tim Anderson, Uri Perez might be the rookie of the year. I mean, there are other teams in this division, Mike, and I just recognize my pattern of behavior as a Mets fan might be unbecoming. So I'm sorry to disappoint oh, no. you it's, endangering everybody else here.
2: It's your pattern of behavior is spectacular. <laughs> we love it. It is probably in a in a world of sports that is so hard to predict, the Mets elevating their fans to their, you know, childish ways. And then being so disappointed like a little kid not getting his ice cream is, is, is the joy that I get. It's the joy that I get. I mean, it's great when the Phillies win, you know, and advance in the playoffs, which is what happens after the regular season. But it's your – the moment you realize how bad they are is when we all just take it in. And last year was a disappointment because you guys bailed on the season so fast. This year, hang in there. I'm rooting for you early in the year. I need some Mets wins just to set up the eventual... I'm telling
0: you, with the, the Mets downfall. are 10 games above 500 in April. You, you're not going to see me flying high. I'm, I'm just telling you, Mike. I'm, I'm a new man. I'm a new fan.
2: Oh, well, no. They're going to be great this year. Yeah. I can't wait to see them.
1: This is bad for the it's sports bar. Fun. We need Gene excited about, enthusiastic oh, about he will Mets. be. Yeah.
2: He says this. The minute they win three out of four in some series with the Marlins, he's going to be like, hey, Danger, I'm only telling you, this team's got something going. Maybe it's a lack of expectations. I don't know. Uh, we
1: haven't heard anything about them practicing their uh, celebrations, the their World Series, World series celebrations at yeah, spring training. No, I have not heard that. So that's the... a step in the right direction. Mike? Uh, well, hey,
2: look, and there's no World uh, Baseball Classic this year for players to get hurt, so that'll just happen mm. to ha- have to happen in spring training. So. Mm.
1: It's already starting to happen. Uh, Mike, yes. the, the work that you guys are, are doing there in Indianapolis, tell us a little bit about what we can check out here this week, what we can expect at BuffaloPlus.com.
2: Well, we'll have plenty of coverage each night uh, this week from our YouTube channel, so you can check out. Uh, you'll hear from Brandon Bean. You'll hear from Sean McDermott. We're also going to talk to people around the league, people who cover the Jets, people who cover the Patriots, people who cover the Dolphins for the division, people who cover the league. Everybody in the league is here. It's kind of funny. You guys maybe heard the vacuum cleaners. Like Sean is doing this news conference before everybody else because he's on the competition committee and Mm -hmm. they have meetings these different days. So he said he was going to do his on Monday. They're literally still vacuuming the rooms and getting them set up, which is kind of funny. It was usually scheduled. The rest of the coaches and GMs are talking tomorrow, at least the ones who are here. So, um, So we'll be doing that each night on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. And also, you know, on 13-WAM and Fox Rochester.
0: Well, Mike, uh, you good luck out in Indianapolis uh, digging out some stories. Really appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us here today.
2: Anytime. Anytime. Let's go,
0: Mets. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike of
1: 13-WAM Sports at buffaloplus.com. I did nothing you of the did. sort. I did so. nothing of the
0: sort. I was just relaying facts. Now, if you're new to this show. I recognize that in years past, like in July or August, and I just start running my mouth about the Mets. And this year, I'm not going to run my mouth. And I know that's not great radio if I'm not running my mouth.
1: You, you hung up on Dan Fates, Fates? at 13 minutes. Call Mike you
0: Mr. Mouth.
1: You've, you, you've insulted some of our guests over your fandom, it's gotten personal. I, I enjoy this new version of Gene Battaglia. It might not be good for the, the show. It might not be good for the sports bar, but it's okay. I But I will also pick up the pieces and make sure that our fans, our sports bar listeners, our regulars, who are Mets fans, are getting all the Mets news they need when they're listening to us. Oh, like Kodai
0: Senga going down with it's an injury. It's important
1: to share. Yeah. important oh. to share. So we're going to continue to do that. We're just going to share. Uh, we'll get to Nate Geary, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, uh, WGR. He'll be joining us here at 425. We have some takes on tap next in the sports bar.
0: Yeah, so uh, I've got some more thoughts here on Peter King, who steps aside today. And from The Athletic Today, Tim Graham writing about Sean McDermott, and there is... And Graham lays it out this way. It's like, oh, boy, there's been a lot that's kind of happened here in the last two years. We don't have any... Answers for. You mean we, we shouldn't trust the people
1: that are sharing the messages with us from within the Buffalo Bills uh, organization?
0: Well, you draw your own conclusion. Mm.
1: Um, there's a, a video clip that's gone viral that I want absolutely no part of, but I'll give you an alternative. Uh, instead. And also we haven't talked about this yet, but w- we, we did discuss this a couple of weeks ago when Caitlin Clark got trucked, uh, after, uh, yes. one of her games. we got to talk about storming the court. I mean, we just saw this with Syracuse against North Carolina uh, a couple of weeks ago. And now you've got an injury that's got a lot of people's attention. And I'm wondering where this is all going and I might need some different perspective because, the closest I can come to relating to this is storming the court in high school because the girls' basketball team made it to the Minnesota State Final. Not quite the same thing no. as what we saw this week in a Wake Forest. We'll get into that and more next with some takes on tap. I'll drink to that. Is on the way. Your calls welcome always at 866-432-6585, 866-4FAN.
4: You're listening to The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. <laughs> On 95.7
3: FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better